Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. On today's program, we are going to continue our study on faith and see how it begins with assurance. Assurance of God's truth, God's word, and God's promises. And now here is part one of Cheryl's message titled, Activating Faith. Two years ago, I was asked to speak at a conference in Colorado, and I don't know what it is about Colorado, but nobody in Colorado likes the Denver airport. So they surprised me by having me rent a car. So the first time I rented a car, and it's a little putt-putt, and I don't know the roads of Colorado, I was there with Ellie, at least I had a friend, Ellie James went with me, we had this little putt-putt and it blizzard came in. And we were driving in the putt-putt in this blizzard and everything was white. We couldn't even see where we were going, but she was there telling me where to turn. And that's the only reason we made it to our destination. We made it then to Whole Foods and we made it to our hotel. And I'll never forget um, Sunday morning, we were going to go to church and the pastor's wife said, don't come. We've canceled services. The blizzard is so bad. While the roads are open, just go straight to the airport. So we went straight to the airport in the putt-putt. And Ellie said it wasn't until we got to the airport, she realized what a miracle it had been because everybody else had rented Suburbans and we were in a putt-putt. So it was just gone. But then I was asked to do a conference the following year. This one, I had to go alone. And I, you know, spoke here on a Friday morning. And then I went to the airport directly and my flight was delayed an hour. And when I got there again, they had a rental car waiting for me. But I went uh, to budget rent a car and the line was out the door. I started out the door and was making my way in. It took over two hours. So I arrived an hour later than I was supposed to. I arrived at three. I waited in line till five. Then I got my car. Then I got on the road. And by this time, to use an English expression, it was chock-a-block, which means it was absolutely packed. And you know, here's a car I've never driven before. And I'm trying to set up my telephone in it so I can have a GPS. But the GPS was only going to come over the radio. And it was a two-hour drive at least, bar traffic. And I couldn't listen to anything. I get bored really easily. And I was going to be traveling roads I never traveled before, going to a destination I had never been before, meeting people I had never met before, and giving them the message of God. But here I was in this car, and I didn't know where I was going. I I mean, I didn't know when you come out of the airport, was I going north, east, south, west, right, left? I didn't know. 
The only way I knew, because there was no map, was to listen, which meant I couldn't let my thoughts wander. I couldn't take a call from anybody I loved. I just converse on the way to this. I couldn't listen to a podcast. I couldn't listen to Audible. I just had to pay attention to the voice, to the voice. I finally, I finally got to my destination at exactly the time I was to speak. But I realized, you know, um, I knew I had to be close and I saw a market because I was on this street that it told me. And I just went into the market and they had like, I bought a chicken breast and I bought a salad to go and I bought salad dressing and I got there and I went straight to the sound room and I said, I'm sorry, I haven't, I didn't even get a chance to eat breakfast. I've got to eat. They're like, that's okay. There's two more songs. So I'm eating during the songs. Like I'm worshiping by chewing and eating and being with you. And the pastor's wife is like, is she here there? And they had little, you know, people in the parking lot looking for me. But it was all by the GPS. And what I want to suggest to you, that faith is God's promises ceased. GPS. Do you know how hard it is for me to come up with, an, you know, like, it's like playing balderdash and they give you the initials and you have to come up with something. So you might have something better. And if you do, please give it to me because if I ever do this message again, I'll use yours and not mine. But God's promises ceased. This is our special GPS. This tells us where to go. It tells us our, our destination and it's going to get us there. And you know, I not only had to use the GPS, I had to be assured that the GPS knew what it was doing. Because I'm telling you a couple times it took me off the freeway and onto side roads. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have no idea where I am at all. I'm somewhere in Colorado. That's all I know. And I trusted the GPS that it knew how to get me to Colorado Springs and how to get to Calvary Chapel Worship Center. I was assured. But then it's not only insurance. I had to embrace this. I had to personalize this. These directions I'm listening to are not for these other people on the road. They're for me and my car to get me there. Finally, I had to align my driving with everything the GPS told me. I had to, when it said turn, I turned. When it says move to the right, you know, the right lane, I moved to the right lane. When it said go straight, I went straight. Whatever the GPS told me to do, I did. I am going to repeat three phrases to you over and over again. And I'm going to prepare you for that. Because this is how we activate the power of faith in our lives. And these three words are found in verse 13 of Hebrews 11. And it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured, embraced, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. To activate our faith is going to begin with assurance. 
assurance of God's promises. This is the word of truth. This is the word of God. Assurance. And next, it's going to take embracing. Embracing is personalizing. So many times, you know, we're, we're elbowers. We're elbowing the person like, this is for you. This is for you. And God's saying, this is for you. We have to make these promises, this word of God, our own. We have to embrace it. We have to take it and say, this is for me. Thirdly, we have to confess. And this word confess doesn't just mean I admit it's true. Although it does have the connotation of agreeing with God. But confession is another word for lifestyle, which means that the word of God has to be fully incorporated in your lifestyle. You have to align your life by the word and promises of God because this is so, because this is what God has promised to me. This is how I'm going to live. And that's what we see with these patriarchs. We see that they were fully assured, embraced these things, and personalized and aligned their lives with God's word, God's power, God's fidelity. Last week we learned in verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God because those who come to God must, here's, here's a divine imperative, must believe that he is and he is a rewarder or he does what he says. We must. This is, this is where faith is initiated. We must, we must be assured It's only then that God can reveal his promises to us, that we can know what God has promised us. It's only when we're assured this is the word of God that you can open it and go, wow, look at all these promises. Look at this truth. And then we can embrace it and say, I want that one and that one and that one and that one. Put our name by it. I I like to put my hand on it put my other hand up in the air and say, Lord, I claim this for Cheryl Broderson, or I claim this for the children of Brian and Cheryl Broderson, or I claim this for my grandson or my granddaughter. I claim this for this fellowship. I claim this for the movement. I claim this for the state of California. I claim this for the world. This is the reality I'm going to live by. When we do this, we come into alignment with God's great plan and we become participants in the great work that God wants to do through his word. His word is able to do in us all that God desires. And thus, we begin to obey his directives. Turn right, turn left and we get to our destiny. Let me say this. I spoke at that conference Friday night. I spoke at that conference on Saturday. 
spent the night, went to church there Sunday morning, had to get back in the car, turn on the GPS and make my way to the budget rent-a-car drop-off. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was over. I had to use that GPS again and just rely on the voice I was hearing. And again, it got me there. It was going to get me back to be assured, embrace, and confess. What we have in verses 8 through 22 is the testimony of the patriarchs. And I love that Sarah is included in the testimony of the patriarchs. When you think of the patriarchs, you naturally think of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. But right here among the patriarchs, Sarah is included. Now, Abraham is known as the father of the Jews. Here is, here is the source of the Jewish nation. And it's Abraham and Sarah passed down to Isaac, the promised child, passed to Jacob, preferred above his brother Esau, and then to the sons of Jacob, including Joseph. But I want you to realize that these men lived, served God, and were greatly used by God. So they were assured, embraced, and confessed before the Mosaic law, before the Sabbath was instituted, before the tabernacle. These men did not celebrate the Sabbath. Before the sacrifices, before the rituals, and before the feasts. They never saw the fulfillment of the promises, the great promises given to Abraham the receiving of the land, the descendants being as the stars in multitude or the grains of sand. They all died in faith, not having received the promises. And yet by faith, they saw them afar off and were assured, embraced and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They lived righteous lives, pleased God, and came into alignment with all of God's plans. Again, told you, repetition. So you're going to go out going, okay, Cheryl, assured, embraced, confessed. They assured. They were assured by God's word. They personalized God's word, embraced it. And they aligned their life, confessing. God's word, aligning their life and their lifestyle, their attitudes with God's word. Abraham, Hebrews 11, 8 through 19. Abraham's life spoke of his faith in God. And it's seen in his persuasion or his assurances of God's promises. He believed in the reality of God. And he went to the place God called him, having never been there. Having never seen it, not even knowing the how to get there, he embraced it. He personalized it. This is God's promise to me. And it's also seen in the offering up of Isaac as he gave God's promises back to God. What we're going to see in this portion of Scripture 
is faith makes us fully dependent on God. The assurance is not on my ability to believe, but because God said it, it is so. It is not on my ability to to walk it out or you never have a doubt. Faith rests completely on what God does and has done. It's all on God. You see, if faith is about how much I believe, then faith becomes dependent on me again. Like, oh my goodness, I have to, I have to believe enough. I have, a, I have to believe enough to activate God's word. No, I only have to know this is God's word, personalize it, align my life with it, and then faith will do everything because God's word cannot will not fail, but faith brings me into alignment so that these promises can become my promises, can work for me. Abraham was assured by God's word. He embraced God's word and went out not knowing where he was going. He trusted God to get him to a better destination. As we read in verse 8 and 9, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would afterward receive as an inheritance. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. You see, for Abraham, faith was not a one-off. It was a confession. It was a lifestyle. You know, sometimes we're like, well, I believed God in 1972. And now I'm believing me. You know, now I've got this, this savings account. Now I own my own house. I don't make car payments and I have solar electricity, so I'm fine. I collect my own rainwater. Faith is not a one-off. Faith is the way we live our entire lives. Abraham didn't seek to go to the land of promise and build a house or build a city or establish himself in the promise. He chose to get there, but to continue to live by faith. It was a confession. It was a lifestyle. Faith was not just Abraham's destiny. It was a continual journey, a continual adventure. He didn't own any property but a grave. He didn't build any home but lived in a tent. He didn't create any city and name it after himself, as his brother Haran had done. His brother had gone to a city, founded a place, and named it after himself. Abraham didn't do that. He lived as a stranger and sojourner in his own inheritance. Abraham aligned his life with God's word and confessed his confession, his lifestyle, bespoke of a pilgrimage on the earth, which testified that he believed in a better homeland This was not his permanent residence. This is not where he was settling down and settling in. 
Faith is the absolute assurance that heaven is real because God's word tells us that it is real. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 5 through 7, it says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, prepared us for heaven, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Therefore, we are always confident, always assured, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, assured, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from this body and be present with the Lord. We are assured of a homeland in heaven, of a place prepared for us. And we embrace heaven on earth by following God's directives to get there, to get there. Personally, I think about heaven a lot and I have aligned my life with that heavenly reality to please God here because the rest of my life will be about pleasing God. I have aligned my life with heaven because it's my ultimate destiny. Sometimes I think, about the treasure I have in heaven. I think about the day that I'll get to see my dad again. Young, robust, with a full head of hair. I'll see him. I I think about the day I get to see my Aunt Isi again. With her tambourine, I'm just sure she took it to heaven. She wanted to be buried with her cornet and her tambourine. And I'll get to see her Again, some of my favorite people are in heaven with Jesus. But I know I am so assured that I will see them again. And that's where my heart is. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think back on how my dad's body began to break down. It was not one stroke. It was many strokes. And then there was back surgery. After his back surgery, you don't know this, but he flatlined at home. And the paramedics had to be called in and revive him. Knee surgery, cancerous tumor, chemo, radiation, weakness, oxygen machine, surgeries. I remember um, the family insisted on a viewing and going and and looking at that body in the coffin and knowing that is not Chuck Smith. That no longer represents him. Didn't even look like him. Looked like some Czechoslovakian tailor. Didn't look like him. It was stiff and it was cold and the corpse wasn't smiling. And my dad smiled Constantly, constantly. My dad was filled with joy and loved to laugh. But as I told you before, the Lord gave me a dream. And in my dream, I saw my dad robust and handsome and energetic, enjoying all the adventure of heaven. That is what I am assured of. 
That is what I have embraced, knowing the truth. And that is how I'm aligning my life. It is not a delusion. It is a far greater reality than this earthly pilgrimage. And Abraham was assured of the celestial reality. Abraham recognized it as his city, not just the city for the righteous, but his city, the place that he was destined to go. The lives of the patriarchs are a story and lesson in faith. They never experienced the actual fulfillment of the promises, but by faith they believed in them and saw them from afar off. Abraham lived as a sojourner in the land God promised, never owning anything except for the plots that he and Sarah were buried in. They lived in tents instead of houses and trusted God's word that said they had a better city to look forward to, a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at the lives of the patriarchs as we continue our series, Our Great Faith in the Book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.